Love, I'm not talking about romance. Romance is good. I like it a lot. It's fiery and fun. But it is merely one sliver of the love story. It's a mistake to reduce the whole ocean of love to a little flame of romance and then spend all of one's energy trying to keep that flame from burning out. In doing so, we give short shrift to the vast majority of our love relationships, parents, siblings, children, friends, colleagues, and of course mates, after the initial passion has mellowed. Trying to sustain fairy tale romance is a foolish quest. But you can sustain a different kind of love across a lifetime with a whole motley crew of people. It takes guts to love well and it takes work to sustain important relationships. But I promise you, it is possible, and it's what our hearts are really longing for. You may be thinking of dulled or bruised or ruined relationships in your life as you hear this. You may be thinking, she doesn't know my sister, my brother, my ex, my kid, boss, friend, mate. And you may be right. It is not possible to heal or sustain every relationship. Sometimes we have to end things or do the work of healing on our own. But I propose that most of our significant relationships can be mended, sweetened, enlarged. And I propose that deepening one relationship can unlock all sorts of goodness in your life with other people, with your work, with your fate. I propose this to you because my sister and I had a relationship comparable to most human relationships. We were imperfect people with qualities that both supported and eroded our abilities to love. We were similar in some ways, yet also different enough to misunderstand each other, to judge each other, to reject each other. Sometimes we were close, and sometimes we were strangers. And like most people, and certainly like most siblings, we carted around with us bags of old stories and resentments and regrets. We dragged those bags from childhood into adulthood, into other relationships, into our work, into our families. We believed the stories in the bags the tales we had heard about ourselves and told about each other. We had never unpacked those bags and showed each other what was in them until we had to. In the years between my sister's first cancer diagnosis and her last recurrence, she lived a remarkably full life. She recreated a home for herself and her new man. She rededicated her life to her children and her work and her art. She overcame several serious health crises, and she learned to manage the fear and pain that come with being a cancer survivor. Her life stabilized, as did our relationship and my own life. During that time, I did what many writers spend their time doing. I started several books but never finished them. With my first two published books, I had used my own life as the storyline, but I was sick of talking about myself, so I decided to write a novel. 
That way I could hide my story and the stories of the poor people who have the misfortune of being related to me behind created characters. But fiction is a different beast, and I couldn't wrestle a novel to completion. I started a fable and then a collection of essays, but nothing gelled. The book I most wanted to write was about authenticity, the idea that beneath the chatter of the mind and the storms of the heart is a truer self, an essential self, a core, a soul. Call it what you like, but life has brought me to the point where I know that the striving and insecure ego is not the whole truth of who I am or who you are. More and more, in glimpses caught through meditation and prayer, through acts of kindness and courage,